Good morning. I'm Sarah. I'm a junior at Hoenn Academy, senior. And if you haven't put two and two together, I'm your speaker for today. I'll be speaking on Psalm 139. It's a Psalm of David. And this passage is an exaltation of God in all his glory, intermixed with a little passionate hate for fun. It makes for a good read, but it also has a very important message. And to get to this message, we have to look at this passage in its entirety, even the part about hate. But let's start from the beginning. Verses 1 through 18. These are the parts that are easier to comprehend. In these verses, David is speaking on three important ideas. One, God is all-knowing and he knows us. Two, God is everywhere and he's everywhere with us. And three, God, the creator of all, created us. So God knows us. This sounds a little threatening, doesn't it? I mean, God knowing me is fine when I feel like I'm measuring up. But what about all those times when I make a mistake or I'm really screwing up? That's when it gets rather frightening. But David says, Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. And in some versions, there's an exclamation point at the end of the statement. And this is because David is rejoicing in the fact that our God isn't a God who's apathetic or indifferent. Instead, he sees that our God is a God of complete and intimate knowledge. David says, God, you know when I sit and when I rise, you know my thoughts before they're even on my tongue. See, God has this knowledge about us from the everyday things we do, like pressing snooze five times before we get out of bed, which I do a lot, to even our thoughts before we form them. It can be hard to fully understand some of the motivations and the origins of the things that are coming out of our mouth sometimes. I think we've all heard of the phrase, putting our foot in our mouth. We've all done that too. But God, before a word is on my tongue, he knows that word, and he knows it completely. And that's incredible. To me, it's just an outstanding example of this intimate knowledge that David is talking about here. Also, God is with us, and it is redundant to say, God, you're everywhere, and you're with me, and I know that. But look at it this way. We live in a universe of thousands of galaxies, each one then consisting of billions of stars, and we're on this planet with seven and a half billion people. It's kind of crazy. But in all of this, God is still near to us. David is saying, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And the answer to this question is nowhere. Again, it's a tad bit threatening. I'm aware. But it does say a lot that God isn't just out there floating on some star with a drink in his hand. But instead, he cares enough to be near to us. David says, from the heights to the depths, from the far side of the sea, he is near. In the unknown, he is present. Even there, your hand will guide me. And we should find assurance in this. We should find assurance in his constant hand of guidance and love, and that we're not alone. God also created us. He's the creator of the entire universe and all of its magnitude, and yet he still thoughtfully knitted us together. He didn't get lazy after creating everything else. Instead, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. His eyes, they saw our unformed bodies before the start of time. In verse 15, it says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place. See, we can't be hidden from the one who created us. It's impossible. He knows us, and he's always with us. The creator wants to know his creation. He wants to know me, and he wants to be with you and us. And like a sculptor, sculpting something out of clay, it does take an immense amount of care. And God, he cared enough to weave us together, 
And his relationship with us is so incredibly intimate because of this fact. So all of that's pretty encouraging to hear. And now the psalm kind of takes a sharp turn. And the previous lines, once filled with awe and admiration, are now filled with hate. Verse 19, David says, If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are against you. I have nothing but hatred for them, and I count them my enemies. So we know God is a God of love. And yet, here's David speaking of the opposite. And it's hard to reconcile this with the rest of the passage and what we know of God. But luckily, I did realize something as I was studying this passage. And if God is who he says he is, if he truly is who he says he is, and we believe that he created us, that he's with us, and that he knows us, then aren't I expected to have a similar reaction? See, God is unimaginably so much greater than we can comprehend, and I can't even begin to fathom his power and majesty. And if I believe this as a follower of God, then in awe of him, I should have an intense desire to be on his side. Ultimately, I should hate the sin. I should hate the evil that corrupts not only God's creation, but my relationship with God. A clear look at an awesome God and an understanding of his majesty brings with it a desire to see his justice. And people who recognize God for who he is will desire to bring him glory. True, David does say, I have nothing but hatred for them, and we can't ignore that. But he also goes on to say, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is a key point in the psalm. David's thoughts here are shifting from expressions of wonder and awe to hate and the rejection of evil. Pretty much, David opens himself up to God in recognition that God is greater than he. He's saying, God, I want to hate the evil around me, but then I seem to have it in me as well. David needs God. David needs God to search him because we're constantly falling short because in the end we are just falling humans. It's kind of funny how that works. And David sees this. He understands that he needs God's help to expose the hidden evil within him that's in his own heart. So David humbles himself knowing that he couldn't possibly know God the way God knows him. He sees, he sees his own imperfections and acknowledges the need for God and his transformative power. This also isn't the first time David has prayed this sentiment, sentiment to God. In Psalm 51, after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, he cries out for mercy. David is in torment and anguish because of his sins, and he knows how sinful he is, and so he prays. He prays, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Then David goes on to say, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We see both in Psalm 139 and Psalm 51 the same intensity and hate for evil. But we also see that David is recognizing that the same brokenness that he's seeing exists within himself. And this, David is setting an important example. He's face to face with his own sin, his own inequities, and so he calls out to God. In acknowledgement of who God is in all of his transgressions, David surrenders himself. See, the closer we are to God, our need only becomes more and more apparent. In the last, verse, in the last words of the psalm, in verse 24, it says, And lead me in the way everlasting. And the way everlasting could be thought of as a path. 
a way to everlasting life, and this is kind of where the song comes together. See, on this path there is God in all of his glory, a rejection of sin, and our need for an openness to God. And none of these things can be separated from the other. We are called to declare his glory, despise that which destroys us, and always be open to God along the way. Through David's prayer, God is calling us to look upon him, to experience the one who knows us, the one who's with us and has created us. Then invite God to search your inmost being, your thoughts and your feelings, and submit to God's ways. So as we leave, I pray you recognize the majesty of God. I pray that it will drive you in urgency to come to God and let him transform you. Thank you.